GSEI helps logistics providers, banks and shippers to track air, ocean and road freight rates. Book a free demo at www.gsci.ti-insight.com. The link is in the show notes. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of TI Talks Supply Chains. I'm your host, Kirsty Adams, Head of Media Content here at TI. So what is the current state of European road freight rates? And what does the future hold for air and ocean freight development? This episode, the TI Insights team will be sharing trend developments and future predictions for road, air and ocean freight. So today you'll hear from Head of Commercial Development at TI, Michael Clover. We've seen rates really fall back down to what would be considered a sort of pre-pandemic norm. And from Vicky Karofska, TI's freight lead. The outlook will help them to benchmark uh, the rates that they are paying and to better plan their future purchasing strategy. But first, here's GSCI News. GSCI helps logistics providers, banks and shippers to track air, ocean and road freight rates. Book a free demo at www.gsci.ti-insight.com. UPS acquires MNX Global Logistics. The language of supply chain diplomacy. Supply chain by Amazon, what's included? UPS has acquired MNX Global Logistics, a California-based courier and time-critical logistics provider with a particular exposure to the healthcare sector. UPS says MNX's capabilities in radio, pharmaceuticals and temperature-controlled logistics will help UPS Healthcare and its clinical trial logistics subsidiary Marken to meet the growing demand for these services in the healthcare industry. De-risking, not decoupling. Precautionism, not protectionism. Why are politicians devising a new supply chain vocabulary? The evolving language being used to describe the new global trade environment reflects the sensitivities involved in the increasingly complex and nuanced debate over the future of globalization. At the heart of the issue is confusion and division over the approach the West should take to counter China's growing economic and military influence. Whilst Europe and the US recognise the changing power dynamics, their ability to respond more robustly has been compromised by the leverage of China's huge domestic market and by the fact that the West has offshored a very large proportion of its manufacturing capacity to Chinese suppliers. Consequently, messages communicating politicians' economic political and security concerns must be balanced with the risks inherent in upsetting the Chinese government. Read the full brief from Professor John Manners-Bell on TI Insight. The link is in the show notes. Amazon has taken another step forward in the development of its logistics services. The company has announced the launch of a new product called Supply Chain by Amazon, which it describes as an end-to-end fully automated set of supply chain services that will provide sellers with a complete solution to quickly and reliably move products directly from their manufacturers to customers around the world. 
This service seems to be just aimed at Amazon sellers or merchants who are independent businesses who sell through Amazon's website. For more GSCI news stories, please sign up to our regular Logistics Briefer newsletter. The link is in the show notes. I imagine you are desperate to know what the future holds for European road freight rates. And so am I. So here's Vicky to tell you. So Vicky, what is the current state of European road freight rates? Are they rising? Are they falling? And why? As expected, because of the weak demand development that we are seeing now, the rates are falling in the European road freight market because simply put there are less goods to be moved via trucks because the volumes are are down. But in addition to this uh, soft demand, increased available capacity also had a dampening effect on on rates and is another reason why rates are actually falling. One example is, for instance, the European Road Freight Capacity Index. Uh, the index has been on the rise for 14 months now. The data for this is, is available on, on GSCI on the dashboard. This combination of soft demand, that is declining freight volumes, along with rising capacity, so that's more trucks um, available on the market, have a dampening effect on freight rates. But there are other factors at play here and other things that we consider, such as uh, driver wages, driver supply, um, operator costs. And then on the demand side, we're taking into account uh, factors such as input volumes, um, consumer spending, consumer confidence, all of which are falling and um, are having thus downward pressure on rates. Okay, so what are we forecasting? Well, TI estimates that rates in the European road freight market will stay flat in Q3 compared to the previous quarter, uh, but then we expect a slight increase in, in Q4. And the reason why we think rates will remain flat in Q3 is because the market conditions won't change a lot. So that means we expect volumes to continue to fall and alongside this available capacity will continue to be high and, and road rate operators will be able to keep up with the demand. But there are other things that will balance this off and that will prevent uh, rates from falling further. And that's rising um, operators costs such as uh, driver wages, which is driven by we you know driver shortage then rising vehicle finance costs, etc. And then looking further ahead to, to Q4, as I said, we expect a slight uptick in rates, and this is mainly due to the restocking activity. So we know that restocking activity is a major driver of volumes and has a huge impact on, on rates. And since last year, high inventory levels across Europe have been causing a drag on, on volumes and thus on, on rates. But TI expects increased restocking activity, so increased replenishment activity uh, at the end of Q3 and in Q4. And this will mainly be driven by peak season uh, volumes. And this should put an upward pressure on rates in Q4 compared to uh, Q3. Okay, thank you. Vicky, my last question for you. How did you and the team formulate this information? Well, we've been using weekly and monthly data sets. And all of these feed into, into the tracker. 
And all of these data sets are related to the European road freight market. And these include, for instance, uh, data points such as HGV registration, uh, capacity data, as already mentioned, driver wages, fuel cost, um, data on consumer spending, data on, on consumer confidence and inventory level. So all of these metrics uh, and many more are available on the, on the dashboard and are updated on a weekly and a monthly basis and feed into the um, road trade tracker. And Vicky, who would find that information most useful? Who is this for? It's mainly the shippers, so that's uh, retailers and fa- manufacturers that will find this uh, information and insights um, useful because uh, the outlook will uh, help them to benchmark uh, the rates that they are paying and they should be paying and uh, it will help them to better plan their future purchasing um, strategy over the next year and obviously to negotiate better deals, better contracts with the carriers and and forwarders. Yes, in addition to this, the tracker will also uh, help shippers to better understand the market conditions and the market dynamics and how uh, the individual factors that drive rate development are changing on a quarterly basis. So consumer spending and consumer confidence are really influencing the results there. Thank you, Vicky. You can download the trackers we're discussing today for free on the TI Insights website, which is tiinsights.com, or head to the direct link in the show notes. Okay, now it's time to look at ocean and air freight rates with Michael. Hi, I'm Michael Clover, and I'm Head of Commercial Development at Transport Intelligence. So the ocean freight market has been through a couple of years of uh, very challenging conditions. Uh, Obviously, we saw huge spikes during the pandemic, spot rates sometimes 10 times higher than they were pre-pandemic. And that was all to do with uh, supply side issues, really, supply chain disruption, which we all remember well, you know, containers basically being in in the wrong place, uh, which meant there really wasn't that much available capacity. So as the global economy has recovered and uh, the shipping industry has recovered too. We've obviously seen a big uptick in volumes and that drove the higher rates. But of course, in 2022, with all the disruption of U- the Ukraine conflict and obviously going on into 2023, the general economic slump post-COVID, we've seen rates really fall back down to what would be considered a sort of pre-pandemic norm. So rates are now sitting uh, at similar levels to the level they were at prior to the pandemic. And they've been at this stage really since uh, sort of Q2 2023. Um, and we're currently sitting in what we expect to be the trough. So our expectation for Q4, particularly obviously with the uptick in demand we see ahead of peak season is that rates will increase a little bit, basically as demand recovers just for peak season, but uh, really not increasing very dramatically. And then we expect them to flatten off again in the early part of 2024. And really the expectation is that rates will remain relatively stable for much of 2024 until demand starts to recover properly, hopefully towards the second half of 2024. And that's certainly what TI's forecast and outlook for rates um, suggests. But the really important thing to remember is this is very much now driven by demand. So the lack of demand that we're seeing uh, on the Asia to Europe lane particularly, but also on the Trans-Pacific lane uh, of imports from Asia to the US is really holding down freight rates. Uh, but it is made somewhat worse by uh, some of the challenges uh, with capacity as well. Obviously, during the boom 
uh, for ocean freight rates anyway. More capacity was brought onto the market. Lots of new ships were, were ordered. So we're still seeing that capacity being added into the mix. And obviously, at a time of low demand, uh, capacity coming online, you know, just means that prices are, you know, prevented from rising uh, much further. So although the shipping lines are doing uh, their best to control that capacity, they're doing slow steaming, they're blanking sailings, you know, they haven't been able to control capacity to maintain higher levels of pricing as they did actually at the start of the pandemic when volumes dropped off for pandemic-related reasons. Um, so that's basically the, the situation at the moment. And I think our expectations around when rates will pick up again is really all based around when global demand will recover, which, as I say, our expectations for that are in the second half of 2024. So still, still a way off yet. And can you tell us about air freight rates, Michael? Are we seeing similar trends? Well, air freight's almost slightly different, almost the reverse, really, if we're looking at supply and demand mix. So the big issue, really, with air freight now is that there's so much more capacity being added to the market. And that's in spite of the fact that demand is lower. So obviously, a lot of the demand side challenges for air freight are similar to what we see in the ocean freight market. But also, you could argue that they're more acute because... Air freight is often used to restock inventories when demand is high to bring uh, goods across from production centres to consumption centres very quickly. And obviously, while demand is depressed, there's less need for that because you can plan ahead slow moving inventory and use other transport modes for that. So in a way, you could argue that the um, demand situation is more acute. But what really has made the situation in air freight more challenging, or at least from a rate point of view, kept rates uh, falling, is that there's so much belly capacity being added as the passenger market recovers post-pandemic. So we're seeing more and more belly capacity being added in, adding available capacity into the air freight market and keeping prices down. And that's been very pronounced over the summer, of course, as the number of flights obviously um, seasonally picks up. There's even more belly freight available. Uh, However, we would expect to see some uptick in demand ahead of the peak season. So as we move into the end of the year, uh, we're expecting to see a, an uptick in, in air freight rates. Um, but then we would expect quite a pronounced drop-off again from that purely seasonal uh, peak we're expecting to see in demand through Q4. So we expect to see rates drop back down again to sort of current levels in the early part of next year and then to remain flat. But back to your question, really, you know, we will then see similar trends in the second half um, of 2024 as demand recovers. We therefore expect air freight rates to pick up. And perhaps another sort of person sort of subplot for air freight rates is obviously the situation with jet fuel and the oil price. Now, it's not to say that it doesn't have a big impact on pricing and costs for shipping, but of course, it's a much bigger component of costs in, in air freight. And obviously, as we're seeing uh, the supply of oil being constrained further by OPEC nations and actually recent events in the Middle East with the situation awful situation in Israel at the moment, you may expect to see more constraints uh, put on oil supply by some of the oil producing nations. So um, the expectation will be that fuel prices will increase, uh, certainly for aviation fuel, through the course of the end of this year and again uh, next year as well. So that's going to be elevating the cost base for air freight quite substantially as well. So that will have an upward pressure on rates and We don't expect fuel prices to go up to the same levels that we had seen during the main crisis from Ukraine, but they will be certainly higher is the expectation for for the next year or so. And obviously that's going to keep rates relatively high. 
Something else that I just bring in maybe on on this point is uh, just a reference back to TI's sentiment trackers as well. So actually every every month TI runs a survey for both the air and the ocean freight markets asking shippers and forwarders in the market what their expectations are for rate development in the next quarter. Um, And actually uh, there is quite a lot of expectation on the air freight side that rates will uptick in the next quarter. That's mostly based around um, expectations around um, seasonality really. But just to say that a thousand or so respondents which are, have been polled on that um, survey do also expect in the next three months there to be a slight uptick in, in rates. Um, and actually, if we look at that uh, same sort of measure uh, for the ocean uh, freight market, and we look at their expectations, uh, there is uh, an expectation of a slight uptick in, in rates in terms of the Trans-Pacific ocean freight rates, perhaps driven by better US demand for the holiday season. But actually, um, on Asia to Europe and also on the transatlantic lane, you know, the expectation is that rates will remain flat or slightly depressed. So, you know, in terms of the view of the industry itself, um, you know, the expectations are for generally pretty flat ocean freight rates and then a slight uptick for air freight rates too. So, yes, I, it's, there is still a lot of uncertainty. Can you share, Michael, maybe how supply chain strategists can use this data to help them make decisions? Yeah, so I think the both the air and the ocean freight trackers were designed really from the ground up to help with a number of different use cases, really. But first of all, to help companies predict future pricing levels and what the market will consider a fair price for uh, moving a TEU on a certain lane or moving a certain number of tons of air freight on some of the major lanes there. So we have designed the trackers basically to take you through all of the supply and demand side Uh, factors that influence pricing. So you've got all the available data there to help you understand what's driving that change. And then we provide, crucially, our outlooks as well, which take you through how we expect uh, freight rates to develop. So we use data on all of these different metrics, on cost factors, on capacity, on on demand, and obviously looking at their historic relationship with pricing. And then our outlooks really tell you where we expect pricing to move in the next few quarters, quarter by quarter. So you can plan your budgets accordingly, either as a shipper for how much money you'll need to pay to move your freight and bring your goods to the point of sale, or as a um, as a forwarder, so you can understand um, a good point at which to buy capacity on the markets um, from the carriers, and also obviously understand the opportunities for revenue in the future and plan um, your resources accordingly. Um, so those outlooks are really important, and I think that works uh, both for the air and the uh, ocean freight uh, trackers. But they also provide basically an objective third-party view as to rate development and therefore are a useful document um, for both shippers and forwarders to use as a reference point when trying to explain from a forwarder's point of view to their customers the general market conditions and how pricing is likely, likely to change so they can set their own expectations. Um, and for shippers, so they have a reference point and a benchmark to say, you know, well, this is what the market expects prices to do in the next few quarters, and therefore we think we should be contracting at price X. So they can help to support those negotiations as well. Some really interesting points there. Thanks, Michael, especially around capacity challenges and how they're being managed. That's all this episode from the TI Insights team. We shared a lot of data, didn't we? I hope it brings you a bit more certainty and that you're able to use it to inform the strategic decisions you have to make today. Goodbye from me for now.